We're going to dive into a report from MJ Business Daily about how cannabis industry weathered two years of the pandemic. We've already had a podcast about the decline in sales across North America in every single ca- uh, product category. We're going to look at year over year sales changes um, and talk a little bit more specifically about COVID and the pandemic and how that impacted sales, all of that coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. So during the pandemic, people were at home. Edibles increased because everyone was worried about combustion and uh, lighting up. But then, uh, funny enough, some stories were coming out about how cannabis was going to help with that. So there's a patent, uh, patent 6630507, that has a neural protectant. And there was something... I think to that effect about how it could help um, avoid um, certain issues with with the pandemic. That was incredibly controversial. There are some studies uh, that have shown that it does help, but um, you know, I'm not a doctor. What do I know? All I know is that I've seen that sales have slowed when they were at a crazy ass pace. Um, edibles uh, definitely coming back down and flour kind of regaining market share, but at a lower rate. So we're sitting right around 40% for flour and 60% for everything else. Being an essential business, super helpful, uh, with, except for, I think it was in Massachusetts who uh, you know had to figure that out a little bit longer than everybody else. But I think everyone figured it out eventually. Fast track to um, online ordering and delivery, curbside pickups, all of these things that were not even close to being legal uh, and people made exceptions. So I think that the pandemic sped up uh, online delivery and really e-commerce by probably 10 years. Everyone, if you didn't have a website, if you weren't selling online, if you weren't offering pre-order, uh, you were really kind of left in the dust. So a lot of that now is um, giving 10% discounts. Pre-order online, you have a different uh, you go into the store and there's a, a different queue for you to stand in line. It's faster. They have it ready for you. They give you that discount. What I'd like to see is a locker system where you go in and you just uh, have a locker and you don't even have to wait in line. Uh, because when you have 30% off once or twice a week, the lines are stupid. Like here in Seattle on a Friday, you'll have 30% off at a couple of stores and the lines are on a Friday afternoon evening are stupid. Uh, so I get in there at like eight in the morning, uh, cause my industry discount is only 15%. So the, the Friday discount at 30 is twice that. So I go in buy my ounce once a week and, uh, off to the races, but uh, a locker system would be definitely beneficial, um, since people are still looking for discounts with, uh, like I said, uh, across the board, every single product category sales are declining probably because of, of, uh, inflationary pressures. You, when gas prices are 5 to $7 a gallon, get out of here. And you're not going to go and just randomly buy a, a beverage, infused beverage for 20 30 bucks or whatever. We also haven't seen any stimulus checks. And there was a direct correlation to the uptick in the number of uh, people consuming, how much they were consuming, and uh, stimulus checks. So without stimulus checks, a lot of the um, purchases went away pretty quickly. Yeah, it was Massachusetts that uh, needed to pull their head out of their ass for a while. They closed its adult use 
temporarily. Nevada was the hardest hit with uh, tourism. They were curbside pickup and delivery only, but they got absolutely hammered because there was nobody going there. I just tried to buy a ticket for an event to go to from Seattle to Vegas. They wanted $800 for airfare. There's another event I'm going to in France and they only wanted like 600 bucks. So uh, airfare and gas and all that stuff, everyone's gouging right now because they just figure, oh, if you're out and about, I'm going to try and get like the last two years and recover that from you like right now. So it's just, it's insane. So early on in the pandemic, they were, sales were already skyrocketing. We saw um, at least across at least six states uh, initially. And then there's another 15 that we have data on from headset. So by mid-March, we saw uh, California and Colorado, Michigan, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, all of those states were 38% higher than the first full week of January that year. So everyone was going in and, and stockpiling, basically. So there's a, a, a brief dip in late March when there was full lockdown, and then sales just started, continued to, uh, to increase during the summer, peaking um, in August. So 59% greater sales than the first week of January, and then uh, declining slightly towards the end of 2020 before surging again in the spring in 2021. So it looks like, you know, the winter times, people are a little hesitant, not really sure what's going on. There's, you know, all these people saying one thing and another and have no clue, no idea what's going on and just telling you, um, basically just seem like fear porn left and right without any real data or information. Wear a mask, get vaccinated, don't wear a mask, wear two masks. Um, it's really stupid. Um, really unfortunate that how all that stuff went down uh, by you know the same guy uh tony science that told you in 1980 uh in the 80s that not to have your kids too close to anyone who has uh aids because they can catch it like there's videos on that check it out uh, he's tony is a reason fauci is a reason why we have homophobia in this country because when i was a kid it was fauci saying don't be too close to people who have aids you might get it so uh, misinformation has been around for a long time. Uh, we all need to put the Kool-Aid down, turn the TV off, and rub two brain cells together more often uh, and, and, and hate our neighbors less and talk more often. Just one example of the, the extreme online ordering. Uh, at the height of the pandemic, 90% of this company in Arizona had sales that were online and only 10% in person, and now that's reversed. So people are going in more, probably because the online orders like California have a minimum delivery fee of $65 or a minimum order fee or whatever. And now people are just going in more often. Um, so I, I find that pretty, pretty fascinating, especially with inflation, gas prices, delivery is going to be huge. Some of these folks are wanting to put in a drive through. Uh, that's all about convenience, price and convenience. Uh, but um, unfortunate for some of the folks in like Vegas that charge $50,000 for an end cap to display, that's going to be a, a dramatic decrease in the revenue that they have if people are just having delivery. So it's going to have to be a, a continuous shift in terms of how they uh, generate revenue for their own stores and, and get new products in the hands of consumers who aren't going into the stores to see those expensive end caps. 
take a look and see exactly what happened in 2021. Uh, cannabis value by market and product type between concentrates and edibles and others. You would think that concentrates would um, be worth a lot more. I just, I, I don't think it's as popular as we're made to believe. I, I go in and I talk to bud tenders all the time and between three quarters and 95% of bud tenders all prefer flour. It's the price of concentrate and it's the lack of the full highs. Dabs are kind of um, this heady high, it's isolated high, whereas flower kind of gives you this full body, um, you know, full, I don't say full spectrum high, but a different high. And yet this concentrate, uh, the value here, I find fascinating that it's almost as, um, as valuable as the edibles brand, which has a lot more appeal to a lot wider of a market. Edibles, which grew really fast during the pandemic, are expected to only grow by about 20% um, this year. I mean, it's still pretty big. Um, Brightfield is expecting that edibles are going to overtake flowers as the fastest growing market by next year. I, I would agree with that because flower, like we said, is going to probably stop at around 40% of total market share and 60% for everything else. And adult use sales have already surpassed their projections of future medical market size. So it's, it's growing. Um, they're thinking that concentrates are, are expected to overtake flowers growth rate, maybe. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. But medical, yeah, it's only gonna be 5%, it's really, really small. There's just not, it's not an advantage to have medical. Literally the cost of your card uh, is more than the annual savings you're gonna have on, on buying it. So what's the point? Like we've mentioned before, um, some of the younger generations that are coming into age are, are rapidly growing, um, continuing the, the sales pace and um, driving that fervor for the 420 sales coming up. CBD is out there. Um, obviously, CBG is great. I like CBG for uh, inflammation. Um, CBN is decent too. That one-to-one -one ratio, though, regardless of the cannabinoid, grab THC and an equal amount to something else. So one-to-one -one CBD to CB. Uh, to THC or, or whatever. I like that one-to-one -one ratio. If you haven't tried it, do it. It's got kind of a nice euphoric, energetic, uplifting feeling like coffee without the crash. So definitely uh, recommend that. Key takeaways that concentrates are going to be a value add for producers, but I don't think they're going to be a main driver. Uh, you definitely want to have solvent-free no matter what. Um, somebody at some point in time is going to have an issue with solvents and you always want to make sure that you have at least a solvent-free option on the shelf. Um, in case the uh, regulators come down on you. Gummies, another huge category. Just don't call them gummies, call them chewies because you don't want the regulators to come after you thinking you're trying to target kids with gummies that have um, flashy colors and shapes. <laughs> um, flour is dominant, but it's only going to be, you know, four tenths of, of the total market. And then uh, live resin, live rosin concentrates, uh, are huge in Canada. They are growing over 400% per year. There's this um, kind of natural, healthy uh, ideation around it. People think that solventless is better for you. Um, I like them myself. I go after those. Um, I find that it, I don't know about if it's the viscosity or the way it's made or whatever, but I feel like it's better on my throat. Like there's less of these, um, you know, other cutting agents in there. Uh, and then finally, brands are going to look to expand 
their footprint uh, and um, try to be probably acquired by some of these other bohemists in the market. Let me know what you guys think. What's uh, your favorite product? Uh, where you guys at? How much do things cost? Let me know. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate. And I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.